to see around. It's just real chill. We love it. It looks beautiful, man. Do you got, are you big outdoors guy? Do you hunt and stuff too? Yeah, we just actually got back from uh, a couple of fighters. We just went and shot our bows at the archery club this morning. Nice. That's where I, when you, yeah, earlier this morning, I was with Cody Gamble and, uh, and for Dawes, Bobby. That's, I mean. that's great, man. I know, uh, like Corey Anderson is huge into archery and everything. A lot of fighters are honestly, do you think there's like any parallel there? Or is it just fun? Uh, I think there's a lot of parallel, even Bobby, because Bobby's from Afghanistan and Russia. He's this is like as about as far of you know far from his norm as, as he could get. And you know he saw he he, he was uh, he was talking about some of the fighters that that shoot archery. Um, and uh, he's like, now I get it, because when he when he got there, we were like teaching him how to pull the bow back, and he was having an issue. But once he got it dialed in, he was he was really focused and he was doing great. And he's like, man, I like this a lot. This is the way this I didn't think I was gonna like this as much as I did. So it's, I think for, um, for any type of martial artist, it's a, it's a cool thing just because it takes focus and, you know, there's a result at the end of it and it's competitive, you know, in a fun way. Um, it's just, it's cool. Yeah. It's a good thing. So how I I wanted to ask you about this, but since you mentioned him, we might as well get right to it. How did you guys link up with him? He, he seems like such a random import to the Matt factory. You know what I mean? Like, where did this guy come from? And then his fight, obviously the dude's a machine. Like, where did this guy come from? Yeah. He's like, so, uh, one of, one of the striking coaches that we've worked with a lot over the years, um, Evan Boris, uh, AKA striking concepts. Uh, he, he's a Canadian from Toronto, um, but he worked a lot in South Florida with, uh, like Henry hoofs team. And I got to know him through with Dom and, uh, Steve Mowry and guys that went down there and trained, uh, him and I, Evan and I just really always got along. Well, we, we worked well in the corner together. Um, we, uh, trained fighters together, you know, from a distance. So we, you know, always had that relationship over the last, I don't know, five, six years. And then Bobby was one of his, uh, his uh protégés and he actually brought him down here uh before and worked with us we worked with his wrestling because he was more of a striker um and then when when evan came down over lo- their lockdown canadian lockdown uh he ended up bringing with him three of his fighters uh bobby being one of them um and uh yeah he's been diving into you know the grappling wrestling mma distance mma striking he's always he's had he has about 40 kickboxing fights already under his belt um so yeah he's he's developing awesome he's a great part of the team he lives at the math factory uh we're actually in the process of getting him his visa him and willow morton their visas to stay here uh and train um hopefully forever so yeah it's been been going great that's awesome man do you like do you actively scout for fighters or do you just kind of through your relationships like you're mentioning with evan kind of just get hooked up with new guys or are you actually going out looking for guys that would be fits for your gym? Uh, no, I never go look for anything. Trust me. I'm busy enough. But um, <laughs> I think that the energy that you put out kind of, you know, the energy comes back at you. So, you, you know, we get, we get people come in through the gym here and there. Uh, we get people like we get fighters that come and train for a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, some guys more than others just really fit, fit with us and fit in and, you know, become part of our family. And, uh, it just depends on, you know, the, the chemistry, you know, cause uh, you know, fighters like it's, it's a weird sport because fighters bounce around a lot until they find where they're real comfortable, which is completely understandable. So we don't take anything 
you know, personal with that kind of stuff. But if the right, if the right person comes into our, into our gym and, and they get along with everyone, they fit in with us, their, their developments, uh, you know, showing signs of development with the system that we implement, then yeah, it's a, it's a good fit. What, how would you define kind of the Matt factory prototype? Like, I know what I think a Matt factory fighter looks like, but like, how would you define what you're, what you guys look for in a fighter? Uh, I think number one, is just level of consistency and, and, uh, you know, discipline because we demand a lot out of our fighters. Um, you know, we kind of have, we, we talk about this a lot and Dom actually talked about it last night at practice. It's like, you know, guys like Dempsey and Dom and, you know, the, all the fighters that have come before him, Francis Healy, Mark Cherico, and just the guys that have put their time in, um, you know, they're representing that that creep that they, the, the level of uh work that those guys did so um to build to build into that so we look for guys we look for people uh girls guys that are just just real serious about their craft because you know it, it takes a lot to coach someone you want to have someone that's that's actually serious about what they're putting into it um and you know some people like to you know train part-time for be a hobbyist or fight a little bit that's probably just not the type of person that would fit in well with our gym so um, and I get that. That's understandable. We only, you know, I don't have so much time in my day. So time that I have with our fighters is like, I want to focus, you know, directly with them and put everything I have into them. So I want to get that return. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that you only have so much time in a day because that's something that I've thought about you for a long time is like, how in the world is Isaac doing everything that he's doing? Like you've got always so much going on and even on fight night, you know, I think I mentioned it to you at the, at Brawl in the Berg back in August in Monroeville is like, dude, it felt like you were in the corner of every fighter, like every fight you were in the corner. How, I don't even know really what the question is, man, but like, how are you keeping yourself straight on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, what is a, can you give me an hour by hour Isaac Greeley day? I want to see how this works. Uh, yeah. I mean, time management is, you know what I mean? So I think, uh, it's not that bad when you get your schedule in your, you get it used to your schedule. I think uh, when you get thrown off your schedule, it's really tough. So I think having like, I know where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be, you know, all the time. Uh, I like having that, you know, I've worked, you know, it's being around people that are busier than you is a good thing. So I try to surround myself with people that I'm like, man, my, my schedule is not that bad. Their schedule is way worse than mine. Um, some of my friends have to do like, if we're going to do a phone call, if I'm going to do a phone call with them, I have to schedule it out a week ahead of time. You know, that's, that's a busy schedule. I, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm more flexible than that. So uh, I think it's just all relevant, you know, it's just relevant to what you, you know, what your day, what you want to do. So I like to spend my time doing what I love to do. So that's, I'm going to make time for those things. So I like to have balance. That's one thing I really try to work on, you know, make sure I'm spending time with my family, spending time at the gym, spending time at work. Um, so I think I, that's a big part of it, balancing things. That's something I've struggled with and I've actually, uh, I've gotten some help with, with, uh, with groups of, of, uh, peers that I've worked with and like figuring out strategies around that. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing what 24 hours is in a day. Uh, I don't like to waste time. So I, if I can, if I can be moving, if I can be busy doing something I love, then I'm going to do it. So that's kind of like my, my motto, you know, just try to like make sure I'm spending time everywhere. Um, especially with my, with the, with the gym, that's my passion. You know, that's something I decided a long time ago that I wanted to spend a lot of time and effort on to, to put into people. I feel like I owe a lot um, from what the sport of wrestling and grappling and MMA has given me. I feel like I owe a lot 
to give back to it. So I think that uh, it's only fair that I put that, that energy into it. Yeah, that's excellent, man. And obviously you had a really storied wrestling career. At what point did you realize that, you know, wrestling was going to be over? You know, for amateur wrestlers, there's not a lot of options. It's basically either the Olympics or go get a real job. You know, it's like one or the other after college. What, uh, when did you realize, like, I'm not done with this sport. I need to do something. I'm going to, you know, open a gym, start training. When did that seed enter your mind? Uh, well, I just, I, so I, um, in college, I didn't really, I really had a major goal of becoming a national champion. So that was like my major goal. And I really, for the first time in my life, I really bought in, I lived the lifestyle and, uh, I did everything right, you know, in my mind and I fell short. Um, which is a good, it, it turned out to be a great a blessing because, um, I really had a lot of fire left in me. You know, I think if I would have become a national champion in college, I, I personally, I think that I probably would have went down a different path in my life. Um, so I had a lot, of, a lot of burn left in me for never reaching that goal for whatever reason. And, uh, when I went, got out of chiropractic school, I remember getting introduced to jujitsu with one of my uh, best friends, Chris Como, who I coached at Burrow high school with, I'm still coach with him. Uh, and, uh, he's like, Hey, try this sport. It's called Brazilian jujitsu. It was 2003. I had trained a little bit of it back when I was in chiropractic school with a, with a purple belt that had been training. Um, at a gym up in up in New, upstate New York, and he was like telling me how awesome it was, and um, we did some. I basically just more wrestling with them, but we did a little bit. Um, but when I dove into it, when I got back, I really was like, man, this is I, I can actually see myself doing this. Like this is going to be great outlet for me. Um, so with wrestling, I added that into my uh, regimen, and uh, I uh, I just fell in love with it. It was it was just another avenue for competition, for practice, for technique. And, uh, that's kind of where that, where that started. And then, I mean, just as most wrestlers, we get done wrestling. It's just like, it's just like graduating high school. You know, you, you go to high school and you graduate and then what's next. That was like the feeling I had, like, what's next. I, I have a lot more left to give. Um, and now I'm 45 and I'm still competing. I'm still, uh, active and, I mean, it, it gives me, it, it's just amazing how much I get out of um, coaching and seeing like, you know, people reach their potential. That's really what I'm all about. Seeing people start something and, you know, start to realize their potential and then surpass their own expectations of themselves. Uh, you know, I, it's like a, it's like a drug for me. I love it. I get to see it. And it's just, it's, it's just a great to be a part of stuff like that. What was the transition like for you into the coaching life? Because, man, I know what it's like even, you know, just from the sidelines when you start to talk to some of these fighters and maybe you watch them win, you know, how you kind of feel a piece of their success to a certain degree. And when they lose, you know, you don't like watching your guys lose at all. You know, it, it's brutal the way that the sport will play on your emotions like that. But how do you keep it even as a coach, man? Because you got to be there for your guys through it all and, and help keep their chin up and everything or keep them from getting too high whenever they're on a run, you know, how, what was that transition? Like as a coach, did you fall into like books? Did you study famous coaches or how did you learn how to coach and manage, manage your stable of fighters? That's a great question. Um, I mean, it's an easy answer for me because I got to witness uh, greatness when I was at Pitt Johnstown, our wrestling coach, Pat Pacora, um, who's the most, he's the winningest coach in NCAA uh, wrestling history, all divisions. So um, I got to see like really fine-tuned coaching um, 
in front of me. And it was something I took from Mike's my five years at, at, uh, at school was, man, if I ever was a coach, I, I really think I could figure this out quickly. Um, and, and some of the, and you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's staying in the middle and, you know, wrestling and grappling and MMA it's weddings and funerals. That's, that's it. That's coming right from his mouth. It's weddings and funerals. You got to be prepared for either a wedding or a funeral. You go, you're going, you're going to the, the party, it's either going to be a wedding or a funeral and you have to be okay with that. It's very, it's a very tough thing as a coach. Um, you know, some of the, the hardest moments in my life have been witnessing people I love get knocked out or get hurt or, you know, um, lose and, and when, when everything's on the line. Um, but you know, with, with what I learned in college is you take those losses and they can be huge, uh, benefits if you, if you approach them right as a coach and with, the, with your athlete. So that's always been, you know, like, Hey, it's not about winning and losing. It's about getting better and learning from our experiences and taking from that. So I learned that from him. And I also learned how to push you know, people's buttons a little bit differently. That was something he mastered. He knew every, every, every person's different. You have to approach every athlete a little bit differently with, you know, with their mentality and, and, and what would, what's better for him. Some people you have to be hard on other people. You have to kind of like call them along a little bit and other people, you just have to play the middle ground with them. So he was, he was the master at that. So I definitely took that from him. And then it's being around great coaches my whole life, my high school coach up through, you know, being around Chris Como and now Josh Shields at Burrow wrestling kid that we coached that was a national champion in college um just being around great coaches constantly and just kind of reiterates those little things that coaches do um that are um it's just nice to stay sharp it's just like a sword so i think that uh, being a good coach is you know giving your athlete specifically what that athlete needs at that time um and you're right riding the riding the highs and the lows you got to stay in the middle it's it's so easy to get too high or get too low but everything's always going to even out. You have to know that um, going into it. Um, I know, like, like I said, my hardest moments are like, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is too hard. This is too hard as a coach to go through. Like, there's only so many tears you can cry, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but it also makes the wins worth it. And it makes it, it's just a journey. You have to know that's a journey that you're on with your with your athletes. Um, and, you know if you get them to realize like, Hey, big picture, here's, here's what we're trying to do. You're trying to get to here. Like guys like Cody law for, for instance, um, you know, we're trying to become a world champion. That's going to be a process. We have to, you know, enjoy that process and it's going to be highs and lows of it, but we got to be ready for all that. And, you know, you get special athletes like that and they kind of, they get it, you know, um, and it makes it a lot easier too, when they kind of understand the, the process. Sure, man. And it's been obviously really cool to see guys, you know, like Dom Dempsey, you mentioned Cody Law, these guys who are closely affiliated with you in the Matt factory and go on to reach the highest levels of the sport, you know, regardless of what Cody does now, he's already made it to a point that I think a lot of local fighters would absolutely love to just get there. You know what I mean? Just getting to Bellator is a huge goal for a lot of guys. So it's awesome to see, but like in Cody's Cody in particular, like when he goes down to American top team, what is that conversation like with you? I'm sure you encourage him to go do that and go get the best work in the world. But what's it like to see one of your guys kind of, I don't know if graduates the right word, but I think you get what I'm saying, like move on from you. And now he's at one of the best gyms in, you know, the United States, no doubt in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, it honestly, like Dalton, you know, has, uh, has uh, made that move to Dalton Rasta. Mm-hmm. Um, Rams out at uh, factory X, Steve Mowry's down that uh, with Henry hoofed and those guys. So, I mean, we've had guys that have came through and, you know, they, they've moved on. 
Um, I'm still close with all those guys and I've learned so much more from the sport, just having those guys go with other coaches and, you know, being out, being, being able to coach alongside guys like Mike Brown and, uh, you know, just amazing coaches that I've been around, um, including Evan, uh, it's only helped me as a coach. I, I think I would, I think it's like, I've always tell my, you know, my guys like, listen, you know, I'm going to take you as far as I can, but at some point, you know, if you have to move on, I completely understand that. I'm not here to like, I'm not here for any, any, anything to do with my ego or the gym's ego, or, you know, the gym, it's all about you. This is a selfish sport. So um, Cody got to that point where he had the discipline, he had everything. He needed partners. He needed coaches that were on him, you know, daily for development. And uh, you know, it was, it was his time and Dalton, the same thing. And their, their, their level only elevated, you know, by doing it. Um, but what they bring back to the gym, like Dalton was just here this weekend. Um, I was with Cody a couple of weeks ago. And then the technique that they're showing, you know, to teaching me now, we're implementing into our programs and we're seeing guys like, you know, uh, Jake Lowry using that specific technique to get them through a tough fight. Uh, it, it, you know, picture perfect, like a whole, the whole, the whole system was like, perfectly executed after taking a hard right hand in the first five seconds of a fight you know we're we're trying to prepare for moments like that um but without that without having cody law you know maybe learning from mike brown we don't understand that technique at the level that we do and not not able to implement it in a professional fight like that so i think it's only you know we're it's only sprouting seeds uh that we can that we're watering constantly so having them down there is actually a great thing yeah, I think it shows maturity on your part, too. And I'm sure it takes, you know, the right coach to understand that a, a lot of coaches might get offended or, you know, cut ties with their guy like, oh, you're not loyal to me, then we don't care about you anymore. But I think it shows a really mature viewpoint on your part that you understand how it can benefit everybody. And it reminds me of kind of like talking to Ryan, the owner of 247. He always says, like, we want our guys to get signed to Bellator in the UFC. Like we know that Jake Lowry sells tickets for us and he's a great guy to have locally fighting for us, but we want him to go to the next level. We want the UFC to look at our champions, the Bellator to look at our champions and be like, these guys are legit. And these are the guys that we need to go get. So I think it's, it's just interesting the way that like, it is a selfish sport, like you said, but at the same time, the community kind of needs everybody to play together and to root for each other. Right. 100%. I mean, you see Kama Worthy, you know, you saw that play out. You saw John DeJesus, you saw that play out. That's why I told Jake. Uh, I said, hey, you're, you know, you're, they, you're the next guy. Like, we're going to, we need to build you up. We need to get, you know, we need to get to that level. So having Jake in that spot is, is uh, exciting, you know, for us. Um, and Jake's super loyal, you know, he's just a great, great guy. And uh, he, he does everything right. He works hard. Um, and he leads for by example. So the younger fighters see like, Hey, you want to be a high level professional, which this is the, the, the footprint that you have to do. And he's, he took it right off of Dalton Rasta, right off of Cody law. So it's nice to have those guys in place. And we have younger guys like Bobby coming up through Willow, Cheyenne, you know, we have all these, these other, uh, high level amateurs and pros stepping up. So, um, you know, it's exciting to have that. I think you have to have that in place. You have to have that family atmosphere in place too. Um, you know, I think, uh, that's the key to everything I think is having, a f treating everything like a family, you know, you know, you could see when our fighters fight, you know, we're behind them, Dom Dempsey, our coaching staff, you know, we bleed with those guys in the practice room. So, you know, when they fight, you know, we're right there with them. So, and I think that's a great thing about Pittsburgh. I think we have that relationship with 
you know, most of the gyms and, you know, we have that understanding that, Hey, we're here to help you guys. And they're the same with us. So having teams like stout and uh, the Academy, um, you know, help uh, basically integrate the fighters together and sparring and, and practices has been awesome. You know, it doesn't just happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. I've been gyms. I've been places. It's not like that. So we have that here. That's awesome. Which um, has really over the last two years, elevated the overall MMA, MMA scene uh, in Pittsburgh back to where it was when Dom and, and Dempsey and Mark and Kama were ripping through um, before. But I think that, uh, you know, I think we're getting there. I think uh, having guys like Jake has been, has been awesome to see him. You know? Yeah. What's you know? it like? What's it like when a guy like Jake comes to you for the first time and you know that you get to get your hands on a guy like that, because he's a guy, you can just look at him and you know that he's just going to be a badass. You know, dude, his shoulders are as wide as your house. Like this guy just looks like he's made to be a Matt factory fighter. You know, what's it like when you get your hands on a guy like that? I think sometimes it's fate. I think it's that, you know, his, so his college coach was my teammate in college. So I've known, you know, I've known about Jake for a long time. I know, I know, I've known Jake since he was in high school. Nice. Um, and yeah, you know, guys like that, like Nick Brown, for instance, like, you get someone you get someone like that and you're I mean, just like man this is exactly the type of person we want uh evan DeLong, another one because mm-hmm. good wrestling bases already and you can really get to work i can really get to work with that um so it's it's exciting to get that kind of athlete in the gym um and they just progress so quickly you know and then having like you know dom and evan you know and uh striking coaches like working together it's been fun like the last six months has been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. Um, just trying to, you know, incorporate everything together, uh, with the striking and the, it's just such a complex sport, but yeah, you're right. Jake Lowry walked in the gym. I was like, this is, this is awesome. This this (laughs) is not a bad day. He's been great because he got, he has guys like Trent, uh, you know, Zadarko and Cole Masick and they got a good group. They got a really good group that, you know, of five or six of those guys that they're at it all the time, just, just pushing each other. And, you know, with that, you know, and the more guys we get like that, you know, the, the, the more the likelihood of them sticking around and really helping the gym grow. So yeah, we're, we're excited. That's awesome. And I'm glad you mentioned Cole too, because that's a guy I wanted to talk to you about. Obviously a super talented fighter. It suffered a tough defeat in his last fight. Whenever you get a matchup like that, and it's one of your guys, I mean, everybody knew that DeWitt was going to be a tough matchup for literally anybody. Like, what? how are you as a coach, how do you balance protecting your fighter? You know, you want him to get experience. You want him to keep winning. How do you balance that versus, okay, you're ready for this test. This is going to be a tough test for you, but we think you're ready. How do you know when that happens? I mean, number one, my job is to protect the fighters. You're right. Like, I got to make sure I don't get them in over their heads or, you know, a bad matchup. Um, but at the same point, it's a fine line. I want to, I work with the matchmakers a lot. It's a tricky thing. Cause I don't like, you know, like saying no to a fight, but sometimes guys just aren't quite ready for that level. Now, someone like Cole, you know, he's, he's right on the verge of, you know, turning pro. Um, he needs a few more, you know, tests like that. I think it was a great test for him. I think he realized like, Hey, for me to make it to the next level, I need to figure out that puzzle. Um, so I think for him, you know, the big, the big thing is, uh, you know, just understand the process. Like we talked about, uh, understanding that, you know, it's part of the, you know, part of the whole big picture. He wants to make it that level. We had to throw like a tough hardball at him to see where we need to work. And we got to see that, you know, 
we're, we're already back to work on those things, fixing those holes, um, understanding like where we can't, you know, make mistakes. And, and to his credit, like he went into that fight a little bit banged up. Um, he could have easily backed out of that fight. Most people probably would have. I give Cole a lot of credit. You know, he didn't stood up to it. He's like, hey, well, I'm a pro. I can't back out of a fight. So I need to have that mentality. Um, and he was he was OK to fight. It wasn't like it was too major. But I mean, you know, I think uh, it definitely probably had a little bit to do with, with the way the, the fight ended. Um, but DeWitt's for real. He's tough. He's a good kid. He's a good, good test. He's a good test for anyone, even a pro. So um, I think we go back to the drawing board. We're re rebuilding Cole right now. He's at the gym. He's right now as we speak. So I think, uh, you know, give him, give him another fight. We'll give him another good test and see where he's at and see how, how he, how he responds to it. And that's how you start to build these guys up. You know, they need those tests now, especially as an amateur. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. And Cole's a guy that I think you can kind of tell is, is, going to be a good pro in this area like you can just kind of get that feeling about it but what I love about Cole from our side of things is that he's not afraid to promote a fight either you know he'll talk and he'll engage in the trash talk and he's good at it the dude's really good at it man how do you yeah. manage the emotions that come with that side of things because it's kind of like what we were saying earlier you can't get too low but you can't get too high when you trash talk you're just adding more fuel if you lose man it's coming on you double now you lost plus you talked all this smack now you got to deal with that how do you kind of manage that with your guys the emotions of, of that side uh, of the game? honestly i kind of just let their personalities you know go you know naturally go to work cole's got that personality mm -hmm. you know you know i kind of like when he does that because He's in, if he, if he, one thing that I can say about Cole, um, if he's, if he's talking trash, he's usually in the gym. Like he knows, like, if I'm going to talk this trash, I better be working. Mm -hmm. So it's not a bad thing in his case. Now, if it was the other way around, if he's talking trash and he's like showing up here and there and not taking it serious, I'd have a problem with that. Obviously I'd say, Hey, listen, bro, you gotta, you gotta tone it down. But no, in his, in his defense, like he, he, when he does turn up the heat on the trash talk, he's usually, uh, he's usually in the gym, like grinding pretty hard. Um, so most guys, uh, like guys like Jake Lowry, they're not going to talk. He's not going to talk trash. That's just his personality though. He's being who he is. Um, Cody law is not going to talk trash, you know, and there's, you know, not, not his personality. Um, but he's going to, they're, they're confident, you know, Dalton's probably going to talk some trash leading into a fight. He's going to try, you know, he's really good at like getting guys to take fights, you know, cause he's, 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 he, he, he works at all the time. So it's fun to, for me to sit back and watch the diff, their different personalities because it's weird because that's usually the true personality in the gym. Uh, you know, like Nick Brown's not going to talk on Instagram about fighting someone and come in the gym and act something different. Nick Brown's going to be like, he's, he's, he's stoic. He's going to, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm working to be the champion of the of Bellator or whatever, and I'm in the gym. And then he's going to display that in the ring, you know, and after he's fight. So, um, I don't like guys that are kind of playing both sides of the fence. There's one thing and the other. Um, I see that sometimes I kind of just laugh it off, you know, like, but you know, my guys, like I have a, usually have a talk with them. It's usually like, listen, if you're going to talk trash, then you better be, you better be the first one here and the last one to leave. And you better, you know, you better back that up on fight night. Yeah. And there's so much, you know, this is, this is new to me since kind of taking this role with two, four, seven and learning more about the ins and outs of the fight game, especially locally, man, there's just, there's a lot of nonsense that goes on behind the scenes. You know what I mean? How do you kind of help your guys navigate that and the unknown? Like, I mean, the perfect example is, you know, Flood City Fight Night, Caden Cassidy and Jordan Wagner's opponents both back out the day of weigh-ins and they just ghost. And it's just like, 
there, there's all these little things that can go wrong in the fight game. And you need to, even though a lot of your fighters are amateurs, you still need to behave like a professional. If you, if you sign the contract, you, we expect these things of you, right? How do you coach them from that perspective, from kind of the business business perspective of things? I MMA is a crazy sport. It's not what I'm was used to. I was used to, you know, wrestling, which is show up, make weight, you wrestle. Mm -hmm. That's, if you're hurt or you're sick or whatever it was, usually, you know, it didn't matter. You made weight and you wrestled. It's not, that's not the case in MMA. It's just not, it's something that you have to kind of adapt to. Um, we use something every, anyone that knows me knows, I knows my motto. It's Mr. Murphy. Be ready for Mr. Murphy. Murphy's law. Worst thing that's going to happen. It's probably going to happen. Let's just be prepared for it. We've had guys make weight, go to the fight with the opponent and then have the fight pulled and out have a, their fight pulled right before they fight. We had to, we just had to happen to a pro fight. We had Trent Zadarko go to Ohio, made weight. He sucked a 170 hard weight cut. We had nutritionists, you know, paid for nutritionists. We got we we he made weight, rehydrated properly, got to fight night, warmed up properly. Hey, your fight's getting bumped to the last fight because we got it. We had a curfew for COVID. So okay, get bumped to the last fight. Well, guess what? His is the fight that gets cut off. So that's a professional fight. So that is the kind of stuff that can happen in an MMA. And that's, you know, that can basically ruin you if you let it. So you have to go in and you're talking about Caden. Caden Cassidy gets to fight night, weighs in on weigh-in day, and his opponent doesn't show up. Yeah, I've seen it all. I've seen guys not show up. I've seen guys weigh in and not show up for the fight. You've seen it too. Mm -hmm. uh, and guys pull. Um, I've actually had, I've actually had our guys pull on week of fights before, which I mean, that drives me nuts. Like, you know, if you're going to, if you're signed up for this fight, unless you have a major injury or something serious, like you can't do that. So that's something that you can't have happen as a coach. That's like the worst thing that could happen. So we try our very best to obviously never curtail that. So my job is to have my guy mentally ready to fight the week of the fight. So that doesn't happen physically ready to fight the week of the fight. So that doesn't happen. Um, now just not showing up. That's a whole nother thing, but um, yeah, being ready for Mr. Murphy. That's, that's it. Like we tell our guys, like, listen, Chris Hustleton, like you might show up for your weigh-in. Your guy might not show up. You know, he might show up. He might, might not show up the next day. You're blessed when you walk into a cage with an opponent. That's the way you got to look at it. Like I'm, I, I'm blessed to even be in this situation. I got here. I made weight healthy. I walked into cage healthy. That has to be your mentality with it. And if it doesn't happen, like, okay, no big deal. When's the next one? Oh, six weeks. Okay. I just, re I just regroup mentally. If you have your athletes prepared for that, um, it makes it a lot easier. If you don't, it, I've seen it. Like I've seen the chairs thrown. I've seen the tears. I've seen, what am I going to do with ticket sales and all that stuff? Um, and that's the other thing. That's the hard thing about MMA because you go sell tickets, you show up on fight night, your opponent doesn't show up. Not only they don't show up for that, but now you got how many tickets sold for your family coming. You have to call all your family and then the promotion's kind of stuck in a hard place. So MMA being a promoter is not easy. I don't, I, you know, guys like Ryan, I, I, I give him all the credit in the world because it's, it's not easy because he has to be right for Mr. Murphy too. Um, and that's just the sport of MMA. I've seen it happen in Bellator. I've seen it happen in the UFC. I've been, I've been to, you know, I've been to fights where, you know, main events were called off the last second because of crazy stuff. So um, it's just part of it. As a fan, you have to accept that as a fighter, you have to accept that. And as a coach, you have to accept that. And once you do, it kind of makes things a little easier, you know, 
but uh some nights that's why I, that's why i don't mind having two three guys fight a night because i usually know one of them something's gonna happen with one of the fights um and then it, that the last time we had like seven guys, eight guys fight, everyone had the every fight happen that night. So you got to be prepared for those nights as a coach too. That's why you need good coaches around you to help too. For sure, man. I love hearing that you kind of mentally prepare your guys to, for Mr. Murphy, like, like you call it. I think it's really interesting to spend time focusing on that. And then you see guys like I, I know just from following Cody law on Instagram, he's always kind of reading, meditating. He's always taking his mental game to the next level. How much, how much do you coach your guys on that? Or is that wholly something that they have to do themselves that they have to want to do? You know, can you, I feel like, cause I, I don't really know, but I feel like you can't force somebody to meditate. You know what I mean? That has to be something that's inside you. Yeah. Uh, I personally, that's kind of one of the reasons why I like to stay sharp and compete myself. I'm not, I've never fought. Mm-hmm. I never fought myself, which is weird as a coach, you know, MMA coach. I just got sucked into the sport. Um, with Dom, you know, where Dom needed to learn how to wrestle. He needed to learn how to positionally grapple. So I was there for him and we just kind of just built it up. And then Dempsey came into the picture and then we, we kind of took off with it. And I'm a chiropractor. Never wanted to like take time out of my, my, uh, as much as I was working with those guys and, and even still do, I didn't want to take time away from my family and uh, risk my livelihood to fight MMA. Um, but that's something I lack, you know, some of the, a lot of coaches have been in the cage guys like Dave Sachs, you know, in Pittsburgh here, he's been in the cage as a professional. He understands that. Um, that's, that's one thing that I take on me as myself, uh, to make sure I'm competing still, because I need to be sharp like that. And one of the things that that helps me with is, is the, is the mental side. I have to constantly, you know, myself train mentally. I use meditation apps. Um, I do breathing stuff. Uh, I, I take, we do, you know, uh, exercises, all of us, me included with, with, with the, with the fighters and the wrestlers. So the mental training side of it is pretty big. Only, I think only because I still kind of keep myself accountable with that. Um, and guys like Cody law, um, when you're around guys like that and they're like working that stuff constantly, it's pretty awesome. Cause we check in with each other quite a bit. Like, Hey, what, you know, I'm like, Oh, I saw you were doing this. What's that? He's like, Oh, you got to try this. This is awesome. This is something I do. And like his supplement, you know, the supplements that he takes, uh, you know, he's on, he's a hundred percent in Dalton as well. Like they're a hundred percent in on lifestyle. That's their lifestyle. They live that life. Um, you know, after a fight for a week or two, they, Cody might have a whiskey or something at <laughs> night, but besides that, like they're hundred percent dialed in. They have, they go to the gym, they go home. They go to sleep, they go to the gym, they go home, they go to sleep, they go to the gym, they go. It's just, uh, that has to be when you're at that level. Yep. Um, if you're ever going to be able to do that, like don't waste your time in this sport. I think that that's what a lot of fighters do. They got, they, they want to go party. They want to go to ride dirt bikes. They want to go do this. They want to spend time away from the gym. Another excuse away from the gym. It's just too tough of a sport to, to let yourself kind of fall into that trap. Because yep. that, if you're be a world champion, if you want to be a successful professional you got to know that you have straight lines to the gym and home and then to your bed and to the gym and home to your bed. Not that you'd have to completely live that lifestyle seven days a week, you know, but during the, you know, just like, just like, you know, during the week, you need to make sure that your schedule is very disciplined and focused. Yeah. I think you use the perfect word for it, you know, and that's lifestyle, you know, it really is a lifestyle at that point. It's uh, I don't mean to just keep talking. It's like turning into the Cody law podcast part two, but like when I was talking to him, that was a huge theme throughout the whole chat is like everything in his life is designed around getting him 
to that next level. And it's not a coincidence, you know, he structured it that way and he's following that template because he knows that's where he wants to be. So like for you, when you've got a stable of guys that maybe some do want to be a Bellator world champ, UFC world champ, whatever it may be. And some of them are just casually staying in shape and might want to compete here and there. How do you guide them on that path? Because for a lot of people, what you're saying isn't going to resonate. They're like, yeah, I'm not giving up riding dirt bikes with my friends. Like, why would I do that? But, and I'm sure like as a coach and always wanting the best out of your guys like that, that bugs you to a degree, like you would love for them to just focus, but how do you understand who they are as people and that it isn't for everybody? And then how do you kind of implement your teachings around that? Well, I think it's like climbing a, you know, a ladder. I don't think you just got to go to the top of the ladder right in the first step, but I think you have to make small steps as you progress, especially as an amateur, like you start as a novice, novice amateur, and you start taking small steps with your, with, we see it in the gym. We see guys that are, you know, are disciplined. They're not making excuses. They're staying after, after practices, they're drilling, they're asking questions. You see those small progressions. Um, and you gotta, you gotta remember Cody law started as a novice amateur, you know, Dalton Ross has started as a novice amateur. Those guys started there and they took steps um, to get that. They didn't just jump into where they are now. They took those steps. So I think as a coach, you have to make those athletes. And it's, it's, it's a weird thing because you have to learn how to push buttons and like, Hey man, you know, you're not a novice anymore. You're actually fighting as an advanced amateur now, which is a little more serious. So you, with that comes a little more responsibility. You have to show up. You know, you have to become a leader in the gym. That's what I like to see, number one. I like you bring in those younger guys in the gym, working with those younger people, um, showing them the way, you know, to being disciplined like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, hey, working on your weaknesses, you're really, you're, you're, you're really good here, but you're really not where you want to be as, a, as, a, as an amateur here. So we need to work on that to make sure that that's cleaned up. If you really want to go pro, we've got to make sure these holes are, are taken care of. So, um Having them guys turn into leaders is the number one thing, because once they have a little responsibility with, with other people underneath them, um, I think it makes it easy as a coach to, cause I can check in with them. Hey, how's so-and-so doing? They're doing good. They missed a couple of practices this week because they were, you know, going to the carnival and doing this, you know, going to the movies with their girlfriend. I'm like, okay, well you make sure you reiterate to them. Like they have a fight in six weeks in that. And if they're going to fight that we need to see that in the next week or two that they're making those changes or else we're, we can't have them fight. It's just not going to, we don't want them to get hurt. So yeah. yes, have it, having those guys do that. And then, you know, having just role models in the gym, like when Cody law comes back home, you know, everyone's, you know, when he walks in the gym, everyone's like at full attention because they see that they know that he's, he's living like that. Um, so, you know, having that pedestal here and saying, Hey, this is where you guys want to get to like Jake Lowry. We, we have these, these visions of you. We expect this out of you. Um, I think it makes it a little bit easier, but having guys like Dom and Dempsey, you know, you know, Dempsey just fought, you know, he, he lives the lifestyle. He's a hundred percent ingrained in the martial arts lifestyle. Um, he did a tournament this weekend. He just won $500 and uh bear Cape at the barbershop throwdown uh, absolute division. Like he's competing at world, the world grappling world championships in the, in like two weeks. So, you got guys in there that are sharpening their sword all the time and they know and they're not afraid to point people out either. They're not afraid like, Hey, Hey man, I'm here. You're not here. Like I'm, I'm getting messages on my phone for those guys that work out at noon that they have who's showing up. Why aren't you here? What's your excuse? I want to know it. So making each other accountable as a team, you know, I think huge. Uh, that's something that we do pretty well.
Yeah, that's huge, man. I'm glad you mentioned that little grappling tournament this weekend, too, because I did want to touch on that briefly. Um, I wasn't really plugged into it. I didn't even know it was happening. So what what exactly was that for and and how did you guys get involved? Um, so one of our one of my friends, Jared Fry, uh, he actually trains at High Ground, which is like our sister gym. Um, and uh, he trains in the mornings with me uh, once a week, usually. But um, he runs a great nonprofit. Actually, wearing the shirt right now. Barbershop Throwdown, but it's um, Veteran Rashido Brotherhood is the name of his nonprofit. It's an awesome program. He was a Marine. Uh, he he led Marines. He's a leader, um, and uh, he runs a nonprofit that pays for gym memberships for veterans. It could be like a normal gym membership, a CrossFit gym, kickboxing gym, uh, jiu-jitsu gym, whatever. But see, he understands how it's helped him. Um, you know, getting back to real life after, you know, being at, being in combat. So, you know, he'll pay for three months of their memberships or help pay for three months of memberships for, for any veteran that applies. Um, we actually have a veteran in our, in our gym and, um, he's up to nine veterans now that he, he, he's, uh, he's helping at the moment. Um, but anyway, he has a grappling tournament. This is his fourth year. Um, and, uh, we've, we've had guys compete every year at it. We had uh, a handful of guys and girls compete this year and we did awesome chris won the absolute cheyenne won the dance women's uh one of our young 18 year old studs won the 18 and under dance division uh ron snee won the advanced uh under 190 division at 145 pounds and then malik schumann lost in the finals to dempsey in the absolute so we had we had just a great great time and it's a great it was an awesome event and uh we raised a ton of money for jarek's nonprofit. there's a there was they had a gun bash to give away a bunch of guns and money and he has the best prizes. Dempsey won a bear cape that he has to he has to he has to defend it next year. But it's a bear cape. You can go check out pictures on our Instagram. But uh, everyone won Damascus knives and tomahawks. He has some pretty cool prizes. But yeah, Jarek does a great thing. Check it out, Veteran Bushido Brotherhood. Um, something I like to get around because I have a nonprofit as well, and I know I know how important it is um, to uh, you know once you once you dive into those nonprofits, how awesome they are. Um, we, have, I have one, my team Bruno wrestling camp that we run a wrestling camp every year. Um, and, uh, we made it in honor of, uh, one of my friends that passed away, uh, about 17 years ago now, but his name was Bruno Irafito, who was a Pitt Johnstown wrestler and a Ridgeway wrestler from up near where I grew up and really close with them. And Sean Lathrop and I, uh, decided to make it into a nonprofit. One of my old, my first coach and, uh, we have a great time. Like all the guys come up, all the fighters come up and my instructor's been up there from Miami and we got people from all over the country that come in for it. And it's, it's awesome. So I understand where Jarek gets that passion from. Cause we, we have a lot of fun with it as well. That's awesome, man. Well, the, the whole community is lucky to have you, man. And I just want to thank you again for taking the time to chat with me today. It's not going to be the last time we talk. I don't think so, but man, I really appreciate it, man. It's, it's honestly an honor to pick your brain and to learn more about how you do what you do, because obviously the Matt factory is, you know, one of the leading gyms in the area. And I just really respect what you guys have done there. So it's awesome to pick your brain and learn a little bit about the process. Well, I'm excited that you're back in the MMA scene because, you know, years ago, Hunter, you were the man, you know, doing all the interviews and you went on to, you know, all the stuff with flow and uh, Bleacher Report and all that stuff, which was awesome to see you do that. But for, you, for us to see you come back in the area and putting that, you know, that passion back into it, we need people like you in our community as well, because without it, I mean, you're building these guys up and just the interviews you guys are doing are 
you're awesome. And seeing you do the one with Cody was awesome for me because I'm like, you're going to love this interview, Cody. This guy's for real. And he, he's like, yeah, that guy was really good. He had great points. <laughs> nice. On your front. And uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I appreciate that, dude. It means a lot to me too. And it does. It feels, it feels right to be back here, man. It really does. This has been last couple months have been just awesome, but what's even more exciting to me is seeing where we can take this thing from here. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes, man. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. I'll